Hi, everyone, and welcome to AmeriCrown Dreams, a podcast about the British royal family. I'm Caitlin. I'm Jenna. Facebook during this time of year for me is a flurry of engagement announcements. I don't quite know what it is about this year, about the holidays, maybe. It makes people want to just commit to each other, but it's something that everyone does, even royals. That's why on uh, November 16th uh, of 2010, my hopes were a little dashed as I saw a tweet from Clarence House come in that Prince William was engaged to Miss Catherine Middleton. Like many, my jealousy quickly abated when I realized uh, through Kate's adventures with William that I was finally going to live through having the first commoner in 350 years marry an expected future king. This made it even more fascinating and an obsession began. Today on our episode, we'll do a dive into Will and Kate's engagement that finally killed Kate's misnomer as Wady Katie and finally gave her the title she earned along with William's heart, Princess. Kate. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. Good. I am just hanging out in my elastic stretch pants, cozying up. I have these flannel jammies that I break out at this time of year, but you've seen, you've told me a little bit, you've teased it to me, that you have something that should intrigue me as a person who really likes to wear warm clothes. Yes. So I am also wearing extremely warm clothing right now as well. Uh, and it's because I I don't know if other people have read about it, but there's like this weird like Nordic phenomenon or like even it's like a lifestyle called Huga. And it's pretty much like Nordic Zen, which is like you're supposed to just wear like really comfortable things and sit at home and drink, you know, like warm drinks. And it's just supposed to be like really good for your, your you know, your soul. And so that's and I think that's why like a lot of people now are like all about like staying in kind of like Liz Lemon. And that was like, you know, one of her, her goals Having in life. Your slankets and your cheese, your night yeah. cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they feel like that this this concept of huga has, you know, been the reason why people are now like going out, that's lame and expensive when we could stay in and watch Netflix. Well, I was gonna say, I feel like my Nordic heritage has been un- unbeknownst to me, rearing its head because I didn't know of this huga thing. But I feel like this is the life I've been living for yeah. the last 10 years at least. So Yeah. I think you just you're not, you were just predispositioned to do it. So, but I've been getting into it a lot lately because it's just really nice to yeah, wear comfy pajamas and you know, sit. I don't have a fire, but I could. You but do, I yeah, some you do have a working fireplace, which is an I important do. First I just step. have never used it. Uh but I've been lighting yet yeah, like tree scented candles because I'm just kind of ready to cozy up and you're you know. in your nesting phase. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so that's what I've been up to lately is learning more about this because then I, I felt it was more confirmed when my husband told me that it was that the theme of his company party is going to be comfy Christmas. That's a nice theme. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And so I'm excited to hear about this party i was kind of hoping i could go but you know i don't work there so that would be weird sometimes christmas office christmas parties you can bring a plus one but yeah it's during the day though oh hmm i'm probably busy probably (laughs) you're probably also at work or (laughs) working from home or whatever but uh people who i don't think have been doing this huga have probably been our royals i'm sure they they wear nice pajamas at home but Though Kate does have some enviable sweaters. 
She sure does. Uh, those look super cozy like, to me. Like her wine cardigan from um, Canada. Yep. I would wear that at home. I would definitely wear that at home. Mm-hmm. She probably has one of those really soft, expensive blankets that you get from like Restoration Hardware. That like looks like it's fur, but it's not. Those are like five hundred dollars. Yeah, what? I actually got to touch one of those the other day because our like company was doing a like big like fundraiser, and so they had like a silent auction, and so they ordered a bunch of those blankets. Oh, and I was like, this is amazing. And then people are like, no, that's really expensive. I was like, okay, I'll just stick with my flannel. You have and a my se- fleece, a seal blanket, don't you? I I do. Uh, well. I have, I used to, it's white, so it looks kind of like a baby seal, but. Yeah, it's not um, actually a baby seal, everyone. Yeah. Don't worry, Caitlin's not a monster. She's yeah, not. no, I love baby seals. They're so cute. Um, and I own a couple of them. I now currently have one in blue. Good. That's amazing. So, yeah, getting cozy, getting comfy. It's that time of year. But yes, as, as our intro stated, it's also that time of year for other things to happen. Uh, but we'll get to that later. We will. Uh, but yeah, so kind of starting off, I'll kick off our news if you're ready to go. I am. All right. Awesome. So we will begin with the Queen and and we're going to get to the Queen and Prince Philip's anniversary a little bit later in our show, just because it involved more than just the Queen and Prince Philip, as we had some breaking news before we began recording that uh, some of our favorite royals were cited celebrating. Uh, but yeah, as far as the queen on uh, November 14th, she uh, did some investitures. And one of the more notable people that she made a night was uh, Mo uh, Farah. Is it Farah? Farah. Yeah. And uh, you might know his name because, you know, he's an Olympic wonder in British track and field. Uh, he has four gold medals. And then on November 16th, she visited Hull. And Hull was this year's UK City of Culture. And she visited a wind turbine blade factory, which sounds super boring for me. But it looked pretty boring. Yeah. But while she was there, the next thing happened, which that was more fun. She got to see, yeah, she got to see the company's green power car, which, yeah, that sounds much more fun. I mean, I get wind turbines are like, you know, important. Yeah. But they're kind of boring. Yeah. But this... I was going to say, this car is funny. There's a video where they offer Her Majesty a ride in the car. And she's like, no, thank you. Because it's one of those really, like, low-riding, like, solar power vehicle things. And it's pretty funny. And then uh, her final engagement that day in Hull was she visited the University of Hull to open the um, Elliman Medical Building. And uh, she witnessed some training on robotic mannequin patients. So I'm glad that our medical professionals in training can use mannequins to train before trying on real people. That, that, that is comforting. Yeah. And there's really creepy looking like robot babies. Yeah. So, I mean, but I guess that's definitely better to have people practice on robot babies than real babies. Mm -hmm. Moving along, going to talk about Charles this week. Yeah. Yay! Um, first, the people this... have spoken. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, but this is kind of a correction because last week we were like, oh, yeah, isn't it Charles's birthday? And, oh, yeah, that must be sometime next week. No, it was like the following day, the day after yeah. we recorded. <laughs> so November 14th uh, was Charles's birthday. He was born uh, November 14th, 1948 at Buckingham Palace, and that makes him 69 years old. It's still, that just always reminds me of how weird it is that 
Buckingham Palace had, like, medical facilities. Yeah. And that's just what I'll say. I mean, it's not like it's called a midwife where, you know, they were usually still delivering in people's houses. But, I mean, that's pretty crazy to get born in a palace. Yeah, so um, he celebrated his birthday. And then a couple days later, he was performing some investitures uh, while his mother was in Hull. One of the awards that he did that day was he awarded the Queen's Gallantry Medal to Constables Craig Nichols and Jonathan Wright. And they are uh, constables in the West Yorkshire Police, and they are the policemen who arrested the uh, murderer of MP Joe Cox. And so, again, great people to recognize. And then uh, the following day, he um, hopped on a plane and went to the Caribbean. He uh, started in Antigua and Barbuda, and then I believe he went on to the British Virgin Islands the following day, and he is um, visiting those uh, locations to kind of get a handle on the devastation that was caused by Hurricanes Irma and Maria in the region earlier this year, and then also to meet various people who live there and the assorted charities that he otherwise is associated with. So I don't know if he's back in the country. I think he he is because of tonight, probably. Yeah, and, like, I always – I follow one of the – Chris Jackson. He's one of the um, uh, photographers who follows the royals around, and he's actually married to one of Kate's – Natasha Archer, Kate's kind of stylist, which is kind of crazy that he, like, his job is to, like, be a press photographer, and he's already back. So that's how I always know where sometimes people are because I'm like, oh, he's not following them anymore. They must be back home. That makes sense. But that was a quick trip to the Caribbean. Yeah. If that's the case. But yeah, tell me what William did. Yeah. Well, what William did was uh, on November 15th. Oh, that was a terrible way to say November 15th. On November 15th. That was much better. Uh, he unveiled the National Action Plan Against Cyberbullying. And uh, this was part of the Royal Foundation's Task Force on the Prevention of cyber Cyberbullying. Uh, and he got to go to Google headquarters in London for the task force final meeting. And I'm very jealous he went to Google. And uh, then he went to YouTube Space London uh, to talk about the plan and unveil it. And uh, they talked with, uh, Prince William spoke with families and children uh, who have been affected by cyberbullying. And uh, essentially, he just yeah, talked about how it's it's just kind of, a weird thing that no one's really had to tackle before, obviously because of the internet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it hasn't really been something that people have had to deal with. And um, also just kind of get companies to commit to further action to support and protect young people who are obviously very impressionable and need good support. And also to just don't listen to the trolls. Right. It used to be that people would have to write things about you on the bathroom wall. Right. And you weren't even guaranteed to see that. But now, you know, they can come into your home and say really mean things to you. Yeah. When all you want to do is be sitting under your covers reading Harry Potter books. Right. Oh, I'm so happy we didn't have that to deal with. We were at the very early stages of it. Yeah. I do remember there's a Lifetime original movie made on this topic with alexa vega i believe of spy kids 
Yes. What and is it called? I can't remember, but hold on. I'm, it's isn't it in, like um? Oh, I don't remember, but I gotta look it up now. In the vein of all cheesy, odd girl out, odd girl out. There it is. Yeah. Oh, in the vein of all cheesy, amazing mm-hmm. Lifetime movies, is she's like, you're, like I don't know. Being I can't remember why she's being bullied exactly, and it rarely makes sense in the real world anyway. But I can't remember if it's one of those like my favorite. Um, because in every, all of those movies, they're like, she's having sex way too young. But I don't know if that's the case here. Or if it's like, she's not, she's, she's a loser because she's not having sex way too young. But anyway, it's all dramatic. Yeah. And I remember watching it and thinking it was amazingly cheesy. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to classic. I'll have to look that up. Well, on the other, uh, <laughs> the other uh, prince's calendar on November 14th, he was out um, with one of his... Uh, charities he works with a lot of uh, the Terrence Higgins Trust and uh, in recognition of the HIV test week he was at a uh, an HIV testing pop-up in Hackney and I think it's funny that the the slogan for this campaign is called give us the finger or, or <laughs> something and it's really about it's about you know getting your finger pricked for a blood test to test for HIV but there's a photo of Harry where he's giving like a point his Pointer finger is the one that's up, but you can tell he's, like, having a laugh at the slogan. Yeah. Um, and he's having a good time. And I do, I really think it's cool that he, you know, has repeatedly publicly taken HIV tests. Not, this one isn't as glamorous as that time he took one with Brianna, but, you know, this was pretty cool. Yeah. And I would like to give a shout out. There was a woman who was like kind of doing the test with him and helping him do the test. And she had a fabulous dress on. And oh, I would yeah. Like to give her a shout out because I think it was beautiful on her. And uh, also reminded me of a similar dress that Kate has wear- worn before. So I just wanted to, you know, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I don't you know your name, but I loved your dress. Also, please email us and tell us everything about Prince Harry and also yes. where you got your dress. Yeah, those are two things of great interest to us. That would be great. Now on to, yeah, back, back to Kate. <laughs> uh, so Kate was on uh, November 14th. She went to the Hornsey Road Children's Center in London. And uh, this was the event she was supposed to attend um, in September when it was um, suddenly canceled because she had morning sickness because of royal baby number three. Uh, so it was nice that uh, out of probably a lot of events that she had to cancel that at least she was able to make up this one uh since this was the one that was probably you know the most affected since it was literally canceled that morning and there are probably a lot of people very excited to see her uh but probably understood that they didn't really want to see someone that sick <laughs> no especially the fact that there are small children there yes <laughs> Uh, so while she was there, uh, she met with family and also uh, some of the families who have uh, benefited from their support services, including a lot of prenatal health care. So that obviously is something that Kate um, has a lot of experience talking about. Also played with cute babies. That was also a nice thing to see. Uh, and then we had last week, we were questioning whether or not she had Uh, got a haircut after we saw her hair kind of in a bob or kind of curled up uh, during the Remembrance Sunday services. But it appears that she still has her hair, so she did not get a haircut, which I am pleased about since I prefer a longer, 
look on her. And uh, Kate also pulled out another one of her previous maternity um, items, which was uh, also from Goat, uh, which is a cream coat. Uh, some people said it was pink, but I'm going to say cream. It looked cream to me. Yeah. And uh, and then she also, yeah, she wore, it's a shorter coat. So she's also wearing leggings with her um, Aquatalia uh, Roomba boots, which I hadn't seen. I had not saw in a while. Seen, saw, I don't know. And also she was wearing a call like a Peter Pan collared kind of dress underneath. And I love that look. So I thought it was wonderful. I do too. Yeah. And then not only did it appears uh, George and Charlotte have a play date uh, a couple days ago, but so did Will and Kate because uh, Roger Federer and his wife and their, they have four children. Really? Yeah. I cool. did not know that. Hmm. Um, but they only had two of them come along. They were seen entering uh, Kensington Palace with some gifts and they stayed for about two hours to have, I assume what I can only assume was a play date uh, with uh, Will and uh, Kate's babes, George and Charlotte. Uh, so it appears that they have, you know, some celebrity friends. So I'm glad that uh, they can do that and they can have a little social call and uh, hang out with people. And uh, that it is an attractive uh, tennis player since Kate not only loves tennis, but also may think Roger Federer is a little dreamy, even though she always says it's her mom that has a crush on him. Which, like, both things can be true. Yeah. I mean, you can also have think that a guy is hot who your mom thinks is hot. Right. It's not unheard of. Yeah, I'm wondering, or maybe Roger was running a tennis clinic for George and Charlotte, because Kate knows that she has to really keep up with Serena's uh, new daughter. Yeah. And so she's like, <laughs> all right, Roger, listen, we've got 100 quid riding on this. They're going to play each other when they're five. And we need to make this happen. So why don't you make sure we get some technique drills going? But moving on to Megan, we've got quite a bit of news. Not all of it is particularly relevant. Um, One article that I saw in the Express was about, um, I've called it time to watch for a watch. So we all know that when uh, Prince Harry or Prince Harry and Prince William each were um, given the chance to select a piece of their mother's jewelry, uh, to one day give to their future wives. And I've heard that Harry selected the Princess Diana's engagement ring and then was gracious enough to let William use that to propose to Kate. And obviously it's on Kate's finger. So Harry has his mother's uh, Cartier watch that she was always wearing, it seems. And so now people are wondering uh, if that watch is going to show up um, on Meghan's wrist. And it is, um, or apparently she already kind of owns one of these. She bought herself uh, a newer, like a brand new one, um, when Suits was given a third season, kind of as like a treat yourself. Yep. Um, and it's really funny. She said she splurged. She had it engraved on the back to MM from MM, which <laughs> I, I want to live that way. I'm going to yeah. start like, just giving myself goals. <laughs> She's and just like, screw that. I'm give- I- I'm also a person who can give gifts to myself. Like next time I buy something dumb on Amazon that's like <laughs> n- that I don't need, you know, you can have the option for like enclose a note. I'm just going to be like <laughs> to to Jenna. Love you from Jenna. <laughs> self-care, but I- you know, self-love. It is all it's you know, it's a thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I don't know if um, next time we see a, a Megan out in public, keep your eyes peeled and you might um, get a clue as to when. I mean, that that will be pretty official. And I wouldn't be surprised if she did end up you know, wearing the watch when it does become more official. And I'm wondering if anyone spotted it when Megan was seen arriving in London uh, this past Saturday. There's not too many details, like it's not super confirmed that she was, but several news outlets said that she had been seen coming into London. So my first thought was, oh, is she in town for the anniversary celebrations or or what's going to happen? But we'll get to that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then other just kind of small pieces that suggest that she's getting ready to make the move permanent. Um, she's apparently attempting to get clearance for her dogs to come live in the United Kingdom. Um, there's a lot of different laws out there in that different countries have about yeah. like how you can have to bring animals over. Like my um, sister-in-law, her parents live in Italy for half the year and they have a dog and they just, they can bring the dog back and forth, but it has to have like a, I don't know if it's like a passport or something. Yeah, some sort of verification. Right, because otherwise um, the dog has to be put into quarantine, and that can be, it kind of depends on the country, but that can be up to, like, three months. Yeah. And obviously, like, there's good reason. They don't want, you know, like, invasive or anything kind of coming out of whack, or they don't want, like, a really sick dog coming into the country and, you know, causing problems or anything. But, yeah, so she's trying to work that out. And then... (gasps) Yay! Yeah, I know. And so I can't wait. What if they, her dogs are like, play a part in the wedding? Nope, that wouldn't be allowed. They wouldn't be allowed to be ring bearers. They should, though. Yeah. I mean, that would be amazing, but unlikely. Yeah. But in bow ties, they'd be so fancy. I know. I know. We can certainly petition for it. Yeah. Um... And then the other uh, small news was that um, the person, the woman who plays is Megan's body double on Suits has posted publicly that Megan is leaving the show and kind of confirmed it. We'd heard that she and her co-star weren't going to be returning for the eighth season. And so or their contra- they weren't renewing their contracts. But this, again, is another sign that that's really what's happening. Yeah. Um, finally, I know. Oh, oh go sorry. ahead. I was just going to say, like, I want to know, like, what she needs a body double for. Like, what type of stunts? I think like, it's more. Do you more... think it's, like. So, you know, in Love Actually. Yeah. When. Oh. Um, yeah. You th- so, you. Th- okay. I think it's like that. Obviously, she's not naked. And they're not, like, lighting mm-hmm. boobs or anything. Like, they do with um, Martin Freeman. And I can't remember the actress in that scene. Yeah. But where they just have people stand in so they can do the lighting and stuff. And then they'll have. So, it's somebody of her rough, like, height. And other mm-hmm. things. And then also so that they can, like, shoot, you know, um, like, yeah, other shots that she doesn't necessarily need to be in. But, like, gotcha. that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, if the camera's behind her and you just catch, like, the hair, you know, sometimes that's what they'll do to save money. Or if, like, you know, she has a conflict or something and they want to get things done quickly. So I think that's what they mean by um, body double. Then this is the funny kind of last article, which is I'm just looking at the Vanity Fair piece, and it's called Prince Harry's Ancestor Reportedly Executed Meghan Markle's Ancestor. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And so this is kind of one of those funny stories that crops up um, when they start digging into the family tree of the royal suitor. And so obviously Harry is related to Henry VIII. And um, there is, and so he probably, he famously ordered the execution of a lot of people. Um, one of those people was a man named Lord Hussey, first Baron Hussey of Sleaford. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great name. Yes. I just like also for first Baron Hussey of Sleaford. And so apparently Lord Hussey was trying to overthrow the monarch. And so Henry VIII had him beheaded. Um, Hussey was the great, great, great grandfather of Captain Christopher Hussey, who would later become a founding father of Nantucket. Um, and then 10 generations later uh, is Thomas Markle, Megan's dad. So, whoa. So, yeah, I mean, um, but I really like the end paragraph of the Vanity Fair article. <laughs> and I'll just read the whole thing. So as jarring as such a headline might be to any of us, imagine what it must be like for Megan and Harry themselves. Megan scrolling through her phone at the kitchen table while Harry waits by the toaster. Babe, uh, have you been online today? No, why? Your, well, I guess this is saying, uh, your ancestor executed my ancestor? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Harry flinches. Oh, God. Well, yeah. Harry takes his toast out. So, uh, should we do Stranger Things or Mindhunter tonight? <laughs> end scene <laughs> I just like that they I'm not the only person writing Meghan Markle Harry yeah. <laughs> fan fiction obviously so at first I thought that the when you were reading it that they were going to go in the direction of like Meghan's been actually plotting for like, oh to get revenge to like revenge <laughs> that's hilarious that would be that would be the movie like, version of it like this is for hussy yes <laughs> how dare you take my wealth and lands <laughs> oh my gosh but that's really funny yeah and i'll just throw in so that we've got a final little segment before oh, getting yeah. to um the wedding anniversary celebrations so i'm as as i usually do towards the end of a month i you know kind of google around to see what's coming to and leaving the streaming sites i subscribe to so i can try to watch anything i really would be sad not to see before it goes and i noticed that one of our favorite movies, The Young Victoria, is coming to Netflix December 1st. So that's just a public service announcement to everyone. And then another um, thing I saw uh, is coming to Hulu December 1st. And I put a link to the IMDb in here. So, Caitlin, will you watch this movie with me? Yeah, I'm going to click it right now. I'm very excited. Oh, my God. Yes. A million times yes. So this is a oh. movie called A Princess for Christmas. It was made in 2011, and I'm pretty sure it was made for the Hallmark Channel. Looks and like it. Um, it is about, this is the storyline. Jules Daly is struggling to raise her orphan niece and nephew, Maggie and Milo, alone. But it isn't easy after getting downsized out of her antique sales job while Milo rebels against the death of his parents through petty theft. Well, things looking with things looking bleak for Christmas, an English butler named Paisley arrives <laughs> with an invitation for all to come see the kid's emotionally distant grandfather who lives in Castlebury Hall, somewhere near Liechtenstein. So I guess I mean I guess it's not like British, but same. I mean it's still yeah. up called a Princess for Christmas. Yeah. Um. So with nothing to hold them back, they go. But the grandfather Edward, Duke of Castlebury, is rather cold over their visit to his castle. So is his other surviving son, Ashton, Prince of Castlebury. <laughs> Sorry. 
like Ashton. Ashton. <laughs> um, before long, they're all having a good time and looking forward to hosting a Christmas Eve ball. But Jules overhears a conversation from which she draws a wrong conclusion. Okay, and that's where it ends. But I'm really interested Fabulous. to watch this. We have to wait till December 1st when it comes on Hulu. But I think that's our that's a potential future episode or we'll just watch it and tell everyone to see it. Oh, as many times as possible. This looks great. I cannot wait. It stars Roger Moore. Yeah, I was just about to say, like, like what? James, one of the James Bonds. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I hope he got paid, you know, at least a dollar. One would hope. Or maybe he, uh, yeah, one dollar so that he could take do the tax write-off or something. That he was yeah. in a failing <laughs> venture. All right, anyway, so I saw that. Yeah, I'll um, certainly watch that. The other thing that I didn't write in here is another um, thing people might be interested in binge watching is uh, the show Made in Chelsea. Uh, Hulu will also be getting all 13 seasons of that in mid-December. And that's the show that is like, um, po- it's like Towie, but it is posh kids. And that's got Pippa's brother-in-law. As one of the re- the stars of that show. So I'll be watching that as well. Okay, so on to the wedding anniversary. Yes, 70 years today as we're recording on November 20th. In November 20th, 1947, uh, Princess Elizabeth married uh, Lieutenant Philip Mountbatten, Westminster Abbey. And uh, yeah, it's their platinum anniversary. So they have the longest royal marriage in British history. Which is a long time. It is a very long yeah. time. I So I mentioned to my husband last night, because I was looking at Instagram before bed, and they posted a lot of new portraits. And I was like, oh my gosh, guess how long they've been married? And he didn't guess. And I said, 70 years. And he goes, wow, that's a really long time. And then like 30 seconds passed, and he like sat down on the bed, and he goes, that's a really, really long time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you're contemplating like your own mortality and like right. <laughs> the fact that you might be stuck with me for 70 years. I guess right. that's okay. <laughs> but I understand it is a really, really long it time. It is, and so it's like you. I mean, people like get excited when it's like we've been married for 40 years. We've been married for 50. You know? Yeah, like, that's an insane yeah length of time, and this is it's so long. Yeah, but as I was mentioning, they have some photographs that came out. And so this is, um, these were taken by the British photographer, uh, Matt Holyoke. And they were taken earlier in November in the white drawing room at Windsor Castle. And there are a couple scenes. One is just in the drawing room. And then the other was in front of a textured platinum backdrop as like a nod to, you know, the fact that this is their platinum anniversary. And they look really cute together. Um, they look really in love still, which yeah, is cool. Good for them. Yeah, I really liked the one photo. It's like kind of Prince Philip is like kind of looking at her, and she's kind of looking away. And it's really similar. I feel like to one of their. I think it's one of their engagement photos, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, oh, I just love it because yeah, it's just. Not, it's obviously not a perfect recreation, but I think it captures. The essence of their still, beginnings. Still today. crazy after about each other after all these years. Yeah. And you liked I, her dress a lot? I did. I I can't say that about many of her dresses. 
but yeah, her it was a white dress, which she's worn before uh, by Angela Kelly, obviously her her dressmaker, uh, and I I would wear it. I would I'm do. A fan. Yeah, I really I liked it, was, it. I think it was beautiful. Yeah, it's kind of a tweedish almost. It had a little sparkle to it, so I think she wore it for her um, during her jubilee. That would but, make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it's very kind of like bridal, but. I mean, it evokes bridal, but it's obviously not a poofy bride's, like, wedding dress. So Definitely. Really liked it. They're just nice photos. And then um, they, what I knew before today was that they would be celebrating their wedding anniversary with a private family dinner. And then we got some more pictures to show who was at that dinner. Uh, yeah, so we saw Will and Kate arrive Uh and Kate was wearing a familiar dress that she wore even just even a few weeks ago. Her uh, Diane von Fustenberg, Fustenberg, Furstenberg, uh, Furstenberg, uh, Zarita dress, which is that black lace dress. And also, she uh, dug into the Queen's jewels for a a, a a debut of for at least for Kate of the um, four row Japanese pearl choker. Uh, that not only the Queen has worn, but also Princess Diana wore in 1982 during a state visit to the Netherlands. We didn't obviously get a full look of the entire outfit, but I'm sure someday we might. Yeah, so she was sitting in the backseat of a car in those photos. And then we saw, again, I had speculated when I heard that Meghan had arrived in London on Saturday, whether or not she would be attending this. The photos of the uh, Will and Kate leaving the party showed that Harry was with them and no Megan. But it's really funny because the three of them were like crammed in the back seat of the car. Yeah. <laughs> and Kate's in the middle. She's like, God, I called shotgun. You heard me. Um, That's why I think she's wearing that really fluffy coat. Yeah. Because she's just kind of like, I need a buffer. Right. I love that coat, too. It looked really cozy. It looked it like did. a blanket that you can wear. Yeah. Uh, as far as Megan, like, I wanted her to obviously be there, but I think it would have just been, like, a complete dead giveaway that, like, they're engaged. Right. And there's, again, we're just seeing, they know that photographers are going to be out there. You know, Megan could have been delivered with the, you know, hors d'oeuvres earlier, you know, <laughs> coming in the back of a caterer's van or something. Right. There's nothing to say that this is how it happened. Or maybe they had her their feet up and she was laying down under a blanket, like, in the Royal Wee or, like, what Kate right. used to do. Or she's in the boot. I don't know. Um, yeah. There's exactly. all of, there's all these different scenarios. Um, maybe she's driving the car and she's wearing a false mustache. And right. <laughs> they never take pictures of the driver. They don't. They don't. <laughs> and she's an I actress. Like she can pull it off. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, but the, again, most of my speculation in like saying she could be wearing a false mustache is just I I wish she were there but i can also understand her not going because again it's such an important event they don't want to take any kind of spotlight away from the queen and prince philip on this day Mm -hmm. and also i feel like it would be a little she would maybe feel a little awkward going to such a big big event you know without the public ring on her finger so for sure like people would just be like oh okay you're here like is this happening is it not and it would have been gotten out exactly but yeah congrats congrats uh, to them for sure liz and phil on 70 years it's a very long time it, i'm just gonna keep sure repeating is. that to myself yeah. <laughs> 
I, I too spoke with my husband about it last night and I was like, that's a long time. I was like, Paul, if we ever reach 70 years, I, and I was like kind of falling asleep when I told him this. So looking back, I'm kind of like, that was a little, what I'm about to say was a little morbid. I was like, I want us to be somewhere really, really nice, like warm. And then I think we should die. <laughs> yeah, that like, he's sure. probably like, oh my God. <laughs> Like you, you're. He's probably afraid you're gonna be like those old, um, like I don't know, like old kings who, when they died, they'd like make their spouses be buried alive. Oh, yeah. with them. Like that's really what he's afraid of. Like you're gonna tread. Oh my gosh! No, I'm suggesting like on an episode of Baywatch, probably the only episode of Baywatch that I remember from my childhood, where this couple like tries, to, who is just like whatever, let's just die together. We'll jump off the roof. So. Yeah, that's kind of what I was imagining. But we're like married for seventy years, so I, I don't know how we get on the roof. Well, I'm saying this is like I think evidence of the fact that the movie The Notebook has ruined our generation <laughs> because everyone was talking to me. I hadn't seen it, um, and people were like, "Oh my god, it's so romantic!" And I'm like, at the end, I'm like, "They die." Spoiler. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Like, they how is that romantic? Like, she doesn't recognize him, and then they die <laughs> like right <this> awful <laughs> but they had a long beautiful life together and then it was kept in misery because she couldn't remember him and then they right. die and it's like yeah. i don't why can't we just watch the part where ryan gosling is hot right. and ignore well, the you parts you just yeah that's true that's you like my out my um next door i feel like i mentioned this my next door neighbor back when titanic uh when we had it on vhs it had two tapes because it was so long and she would just only watched the first tape. She never watched the second tape where like the ship went down because the first tape was great. <laughs> so she just watched Jack and Rose fall in love, do it in an old timey car. And then like, uh Oh, we hit an iceberg. And then it's like, okay, bye. And then just rewind and Whatever. watch it again. Like, why do you yeah. need to see the sad part of the movie? You don't. I'm fine with living in, you know, in del- uh, yeah, just not even knowing. Right. So, I don't, I don't think, I'm on your husband's side. I don't appreciate the morbid <laughs> fascination. With, like, but now, like, thinking back, I'm like, that's really terrible. I don't know why I said that. Well, Paul, <laughs> if you're listening, Caitlin's sorry. She didn't mean it. <laughs> don't worry. I won't be like, 70 years, Paul. We did it. Time to go die. Mm-hmm. No, we will not do that. No. <laughs> okay. Well, um, shall we shift into our main topic? Absolutely. So obviously we could have, we can spend a whole episode talking about the Queen's wedding and we hope that we will uh, get to do so. We kind of want to shadow some events that, you know, are kind of more of what's happening in uh, Harry and Meghan's courtship though. And there was another really important anniversary as Caitlin alluded to at the top of the episode. Um, And this was the anniversary of the engagement at least the engagement announcement between William and Catherine Middleton. And so we're going to kind of break down some of the um, details of the engagement. And then we will finish this segment by talking about what we think it might mean for uh, Harry and Meghan. So I'm going to start talking about the actual engagement. And as most people when most people found out about it, and we now know, the engagement itself took place several weeks before, um, in October 2010. 
I, there's no exact date out there, really, but I did find one outlet that I think honors you and says that it happened on October 20th. I know. I was like, it's my birthday. Yeah, so I would like to think that they got engaged on your birthday. During that time, Will and Kate had been on a a week-long, like, three-week-long holiday in Kenya, and they were there with friends, and so they were kind of just taking a break from from it all. And, And so then, again, there's not really a record of the exact location where it took place, but... Most people think it took place like one of two places. There's one that is on kind of a nature preserve and it's got like really luxurious tents and everything. And then there's another um, story that says that it was in a secluded log cabin at the foothills of Mount Kenya. Um, So I don't know where it happened. I don't think they're ever going to tell us. Um, But I feel like that would, it would turn into like a, like, a memorial where people would just be like, okay, I'm going to go propose there too. And uh, people already have done uh, to both of those places from what I've seen. Um, When I was Googling, trying to figure out exactly where it was and whether, you know, there was more definitive information on one over the other, both were kind of marketing themselves as this is the place where they got engaged. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't know, but they both looked beautiful. Oh, absolutely. I don't think you'd go wrong. If you're on a, you know, trip in Africa and, you want to propose? I'm sure that either one would be a fine location. And as to why he chose to propose in Africa, um, besides the fact that it's secluded and there's less risk of their proposal being caught on camera or kind of word getting out about it, William has had a long history of traveling to the continent and he just has really strong feelings about that. And so he, there's a quote from him that says, I regularly daydream. Africa is definitely one of the places I go to. It does completely settle me down. Kate understands what it means to me being in Africa and my love of conservation. Um, And he knew that he wanted to be comfortable in the place where he did it. So that's kind of how he decided. Mm -hmm. Um, He proposed with with the ring. So, you know, he apparently was carrying the giant sapphire and diamond ring around in his rucksack for about three weeks um, before he proposed to Kate. And um, he talked about this in their engagement interview where he was terrified that something was going to happen because, as he said, if something happened to it, that would be on me or something to that effect. It's like, yeah, don't <laughs> lose that or whatever. Don't lose your rucksack because that would be bad. Um, right. Kate described the proposal as very romantic And um, Will said that, you know, he was kind of spontaneous about when he did it during their trip, but he did do a bit of planning to show his romantic side. Um, And then also Kate uh, said that she actually was totally shocked when he did propose where he did. She kind of had suspicions that it might be coming, but she was not expecting it when it did happen. So that's all I'm going to say about that. There's not, again, there's not much info really out there. About right. obviously we don't have like a transcribed speech. As much as I wish it were Catherine, on film. Kate, my love, <laughs> you complete Actually, me. Actually, you know we need to. I think we should watch uh, oh, the yeah. Lifetime movie because they actually do put. They do like try to recreate it, and in that version, they're like in front of like the cabin that they stayed in. Mm-hmm. 
but there's also the mountain. So they really captured both. I was going to say, is it like green screened and there's like elephants walking by in the background? Because that's Definitely. what I would expect. And yeah, like... there, was, there wasn't there was animals, I don't think. it's been. I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but yeah, it was definitely, definitely cheesy. So we can just imagine that was maybe how it went down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so once they were, you know, engaged, they kind of kept it a secret for over almost a month, at least if it happened on October 20th, as there had been some speculation it may have. Uh, Originally, they were going to announce to the public in early November, but Kate's grandfather actually ended up passing away during that time. So they obviously postponed the announcement for a few weeks while the Middleton family kind of dealt with that. By the time they did announce, there seemed to be a lot of clues. And one of the biggest clues was that Will and Kate had attended a wedding for their friends Harry Mead and Rosie Bradford. And usually when they had been attending society weddings, they Kate would probably go in a side door or Will would go in a side door and they wouldn't appear together. But that day, they for that wedding, they actually appeared together. And they appeared to look very, very happy. That and, and they did. Yes. So, like, looking back on those photos, if you've never seen them, uh, it is very obvious that uh, there was there was something going on. And so there was definitely press speculation that an announcement was imminent. And uh, so it wasn't as too big of a surprise when Will and Kate um, went to Will and Harry's private secretary, uh, Jamie Lothar Pinkerton, uh, to announce that, yeah, they were actually engaged. And they kind of needed his help because they needed somebody who could set up announcing and they didn't quite know what to do they were just like we're engaged like okay obviously we're gonna have to plan a a large wedding and you know everything but we need your help to like announce it and whatnot and uh yeah so Lothar Pinkerton was obviously kind of at the forefront of setting everything up and so he along with Prince Charles since uh like many parents do in the newspaper, Prince Charles was the one to make the kind of the official announcement uh, the morning of November 16th, uh, 2010, that uh, his son, Prince William, was engaged to Miss Catherine Middleton. And uh, they knew that later and later that day, their private secretary had set up a photo call for 4.30 p.m. uh, to meet everybody. And by everybody, we mean the press and get all those photos also, they had to set up what would be the announcement from Kate's parents, which is one of my favorite videos, because if uh, I would definitely watch it if you've never watched it. But Mike and Carol Mil- Middleton actually uh, did their own kind of press conference outside their home in Berkshire. And it was just like very cute because it was obviously Prince Charles's was very official because it was like, it's going to happen and there will be a wedding and Prince William has sought Mr. Middleton's permission and they're going to have some sort of wedding but for the Middletons, they were able to, it really, I think, kind of humanized the the kind of the situation and the the event since they were like, we've known Will and for, William for so many years and gotten to know him so well and think that he and Kate get along very well. And so it was definitely, they're obviously not trained at that point. They weren't, you know, obviously perfectly trained to give that type of announcement, but I think it was very well done and very cute. So after they, yeah, the parents spoke. Oh, sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say they were obviously so excited. Everyone was obviously so giddy at this point. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, 
4.30 p.m. that day rolled around and uh, the press was raiding at St. James's Palace to meet uh, the couple. And as the couple strode in, the blinding lights welcomed the happy couple into the next phase of their life, officially engaged. Yay. And that's where the chapter ends. And then we go on to the next uh, piece, which is on that day, Will and Kate also did a sit down interview. They uh, were interviewed by Tom Bradby. And the interview was who, who at the time he was with ITV News. And I don't know if he's still there. But William had kind of a pre-existing relationship with Tom. And so when the decision was made, the, it was kind of a question of whether they're going to do an interview like this or not. Um, and Tom has written kind of an article for the Daily Mail where he talks about his role in this interview. And he mentions that he thinks it was the fact that William had developed a, a sort of trust for him and kind of knew that Tom wasn't going to come out, you know, just guns blazing, asking all of the hard questions without any tact or without any, you know, deference for the fact that Kate wasn't really media trained. Um, so he so they decided to do this. Tom got the call that day uh, from Clarence House and they said, Tom, it's on. You're on. And he uh, went over and did this interview. The interview itself is about 17 or 18 minutes long. It's online, and I rewatched it today as research. And I'm not going to go point by point of everything because I think that you can get a lot more from just watching it yourself. But just they covered a lot of the really heavy topics. First, they talked about the engagement and quite a few of the quotes I had talking about the engagement in Kenya come from I mean quite a lot of the information we have about the engagement just comes from the first few minutes of this interview you learn that William actually asked Kate's dad for permission after he asked Kate because he was afraid that he would ask go through the rigmarole of asking Kate's dad and then Kate would say no and he was afraid (laughs) that he would have wasted his time there's a lot of talk about you know Kate's family and how they're close-knit and how they themselves want to get a a family going Um, but in response to the direct question of how many kids and when William kind of says one step at a time. Um, Then they go back to the beginning of their relationship. And I really love this. They were asking like, how did you guys meet? And William talks about how they became friends at uh, St. Andrews and how they would be together and they had a good giggle. And that's how he would describe it. Yeah. We had a good giggle because clearly they have the same sense of humor and um, and so he's like, yeah, and then we had a good laugh and then things happened, which I think is hilarious way to describe mm-hmm. what probably did happen, which was making out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then the Tom asks Kate point blank about uh, the rumors of her having a photo of William on her wall. And her response is amazing. She goes, he wishes like. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, OK, good. This is it's kind of the first indication we get because up until this point. Almost no one had heard, I mean, your average Briton or person around the world hadn't heard Kate speak before. You'd seen her in the tabloids, um, and a lot of people hadn't even done that. If you weren't like a Royals watcher, you didn't necessarily know who she was. But this is the first time she's really like putting herself out there. And so that, to me, even though she's very clearly nervous during the whole thing, that shows that she's not like a pushover by any means. Right. They talk about does William cook or do anything around the house? And he said only when he was trying to impress Kate. 
And now he doesn't cook anymore because he just messes it up and makes more work for her. <laughs> and then they talk a little bit about their split. Again, it, you get the clear uh, picture that Tom Bradby isn't, he's addressing all of these hard points in the way that like, he's kind of lobbing softballs at them. Like, here's this really awful thing the media has like, you know, dragged Kate around or like, you know, badmouth Kate for how do you want to respond to it? And so he just kind of gives them the pitch and they are allowed to really state their mind about it. And Kate talks about how she wasn't happy at the time, but she now really values the time because it allowed her to grow up. And then this was an interesting or well, similarly, I'll just I'll come back. But she um, was also given kind of a chance to address her haters, like the people who had said like she, you know, wasn't uh, working hard enough or she didn't have a real job. And then also people who were bad-mouthing her family and the press. And she was kind of given the platform to say what she wanted to, which was, you know, I'm going to listen to people, but I'm also going to ignore it when it, it is clearly just criticism for criticism's sake, which I thought was good. But the thing that really made me optimistic about talking about Harry and Meghan is that they kind of William kind of as an aside talks about how the engagement and the whole like media coordination had been in the works for over a year and so the timing of the proposal was really he said it needed to be a good time in both their careers and so obviously like William had just wrapped up his training and was about to start in the his move to Wales or I think they had just moved to Wales and then Kate was similarly because she was just moving, you know, she had given up her job or she could more easily step away from her job with her parents' company. And so that to me is like, ooh, well, guess who just quit her job? One Meghan Markle. Yeah. Final points um, about, and again, this comes from Tom, Tom Bradby's account, is that apparently when Kate, like at the end of the interview, when the cameras were off, she apparently like leaned her head back and groaned and said, I am no good at this. And so she was kind of frustrated with her own performance. But I think she did a really good job, especially with, I mean, God, if you put me on TV, I would black out. It's a lot of pressure. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And like you said, it's like the first, she knows that that's probably one of the first times people have ever heard her speak. Right. And yeah. And I mean, I think Tom, I will say Tom did a good job because he said his main goal was avoiding another whatever love is moment. And I would yeah. say he succeeded <laughs> on that front. You did walk away from this interview with the distinct impression that these were two people who loved each other and were very thoughtful about their relationship and, you know, were making a good move. So tell me about what she was wearing, because that's one thing that will stand out in pretty much everyone's mind. Yeah, I think that's like... Uh... When I think about their engagement, it's not really the the ring as much as it is the dress. Uh, for me, at least. I, I know some people may disagree with me, but I think the her royal blue Issa silk jersey wrap dress that Kate wore is just iconic and synonymous with their engagement. I agree. Not only does that, you know, that deep royal blue, it looks great on her and complements the ring that originally belonged to Princess Diana. But I think it, yeah, I think it's a as it signaled the next phase of her life, royal blue. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and I think, uh, for example, when last week when people were talking about, oh, it's then the announcement of the engagement, several of the kind of replicate websites said that on all their websites that they always have directories of all everything that Kate wears. And they say that just hands down, overwhelmingly, it's the Issa dress that is the most visited site page on their site. And I think that is really interesting, not only because it's her her first dress, 
but because we've never we've never really seen it since then. But uh, I'll get to that in a moment. But this dress also kicked off the Kate effect because this was this dress sold out in over 43 countries that day after it was announced that she had been wearing the dress and the brand. And uh, it was also ranked as the second most iconic outfit of 2010. Uh, Lady well, Gaga's apparently her meat dress. Okay, yeah. Was mm. the most iconic. <laughs> I would say that this one is more long lasting, but. Oh, absolutely. But I suppose. I don't know. Which one will my future kids maybe like know about? I think they're going to know about the blue dress. I would say dress, so. Meat dress, I don't really. I, I, I mean, obviously, I pay more attention to the royals than I do to Lady Gaga. But I think Lady Gaga doesn't really wear meat dresses anymore. No. So I would I would tend to think this. <laughs> now, what would have been a big surprise is if Kate uh, came out to announce her engagement while wearing a meat dress. Or yeah. if she ever took that route. <laughs> exactly. But not only did this, you know, put Kate, it was kind of her first uh, replicate or created a generation of replicators. Uh, it also put um, the brand Issa on the map. And Issa was a, is a smaller label from London that was founded by uh, Danielle, Haleyel, and uh, she's originally from Brazil, but she is, but she lives in London and founded her brand there. And uh, she didn't know, Danielle did not know that Kate was going to be wearing her dress. And it wasn't until obviously the photo call that she even started to get um, notes from some of her colleagues going, oh my God, I think she's wearing your dress. And uh, once people found out that it was an Issa dress, uh, the only place, there was only a few places in London you could find it, which was at the Harvey Nichols store. And that sold out almost instantly. Like they couldn't keep up with phone calls and after phone call from people trying to get the dress. And they were like, we're, we have a wait list now. And obviously since the dress fold, sold out in 43 countries, there was demand for her to remake the dress and but unfortunately she didn't really even have any money to finance production to meet the demand and despite that she knew she could sell these dresses she couldn't get a loan to continue making the dresses and actually pay people to to make the dresses and so it kind of was an issue for her she was obviously able to make some more but not anywhere near the demand and her company kind of folded as a result and uh but but there was kind of a beacon of hope soon after she couldn't keep up with the demand for making this dress was that um, someone stepped in to invest in her company. And uh, that was uh, Camilla Al-Fayed. And uh, she offered to buy a 51% stake in the company. Uh, But if you notice that last name, it sounds kind of familiar. Uh, And that might be because she is the sister of Dodi Al-Fayed, who was Princess Diana's companion the night she died in Paris. And also he died in the car crash. As we've we've noted in several other episodes, the Al-Fayed family does not particularly like the uh, British royal family and thinks that they uh, had something to do with the death of Princess Diana and uh, Dodi. And so now that uh, that they are slightly invested in Issa, we probably will never see Kate in her blue dress or in the Issa brand again. So I think that's kind of interesting that that kind of came like weirdly like she wore this dress they invested and now she can't wear it anymore yeah well i don't know do you think do you think she would have worn it though i mean i'm i'm thinking of it it's such an iconic dress that it really couldn't be reworn i wouldn't be surprised if it's if it as soon as she got done with it it was like sent to be preserved so it can be shown in a future like buckingham palace thing oh absolutely so, I have always just wondered if she would ever wear it in a different color, because like Pip, because like Pippa has worn it in red, 
yeah before and kate had previous when um before obviously she was engaged she'd actually worn Issa quite frequently mm. and it, it seemed like it was kind of her go-to designer and then just kind of disappeared obviously she wears you know a little bit more couture brands now and everything but there's definitely a reason we don't see her in Issa. yeah that makes a lot more sense yeah i i mean i would have not necessarily said like she would never wear it again because i mean for example her wedding dress is you know alexander mcqueen but obviously she wears alexander mcqueen other clothing all the time and so you would maybe think she would wear something else by yeah and like the one thing about is that like that dress is it's just it's like a wrap like it's a really comfortable dress so it's like something that you could wear and the entire Issa line is like meant to be something you can kind of wear you can wear for formal but you can also dress it down and so that seems to be kind of something kate would would gravitate towards too but no more but uh i think Issa has now completely died once um danielle hila yell left the company once the uh, al-fayed family started to invest she kind of lost control and she founded her own another brand but we haven't seen kate in that brand so who knows but it's it's very similar to her her original Issa line well we'll see we'll keep our eyes peeled so after that initial frenzy on the 16th, things, I mean, didn't completely die down. There was still, you know, kind of royal wedding fever. More and more details about the wedding date and other uh, things were being announced. And about a month after uh, the announcement, their official uh, engagement photographs were released. And these were um, photographs taken by photographer Mario Testino who kind of has a, a good relationship with the royal family. He'd taken several photos of uh, Prince William, um, Prince Charles, and Prince Harry before. And so he was kind of tapped to be the guy for this. They had kind of a more formal aspect of the shoot. And during this, um, William was wearing a blue suit with a blue tie. And Kate was wearing a, a white cream dress. It's called the Nanette dress by the brand Reese. I think that's how you pronounce it. R-E-I-S-S. Yep. Um, the thing that this, I, she looked amazing in this. Her hair looked, I don't think has ever looked better. It's so good. <laughs> um, and really the key of this is the ring really shines in these photos. These are a little bit more of like the formal posed ones where they're standing next to each other. It's kind of like prom photos, but way better. Where they're standing Definitely. like with their arms on each other and like smiling warmly, but it's clearly not a natural stance. My favorite is the other engagement photo, which was actually taken after they had wrapped up the shoot for the day. So Mario Testino has kind of talked about this. Um, after they had wrapped up for the day, um, Kate was wearing a more casual outfit. It was an ivory, you can only see the blouse in it, but it was ivory blouse by Whistles. And she and William were kind of standing off to the side in front of a radiator. I don't know why that's important. And they just hugged each other. And they were so like in love looking that... Mario like grabbed his camera and was like, let's go with it or something. And they took photos and you get the result is a picture where they genuinely just look so in love and so happy. Yeah. And they look like a normal, like obviously they're still like stunningly more attractive than most people, but yeah, it looks like it could have been something like a, a normal engagement photo like that. Yeah. The backdrop is kind of like, it's not a drawing room where everything's yeah. gilded. <laughs> it was built in the 1800s, you know? It's it's something that it 
It is much more accessible. Like William's wearing a like a pullover V-neck sweater with a button-down collar shirt underneath. Like he's wearing something that most a lot of guys would choose to wear during their engagement photo shoot. And like I said, she's wearing a blouse, uh, which is from a nicer line, but it's still like a department store line. It's not, mm. you know, something crazy expensive. So yeah, I really love that one. Um, and that's really all I have to say about the photos, but you can look them up because hard to, I'm not going to visually describe them all. But Yeah. And I think a lot of people have seen them, but yeah, absolutely. So. so yeah. And and then finally is just talking about some of the, the reactions to the engagement. Obviously most of the world was thrilled about this because it, because it was obviously there's a commoner who gets to marry a prince. Like what a better story to be told. And then the other half of, the world who was depressed that the world's most eligible bachelor was off the market. The timing of the announcement also kind of uh, left, there was kind of a few kind of interesting reactions. One was that in 2010, there was still kind of a worldwide recession. And so this was also seen as really happy news because it's the type of news that just goes, you know what? Life may be, life isn't so bad. I want to buy a dress online now. Give it to me. Right. You know, it just, it just is a way to kind of go, you know what? This is this is really nice to hear. Like, there's all this bad stuff we hear about in the world. But you know what? This girl's going to become a princess like Prince William, who's had kind of a tough life. It appears he's going to get some sort of, you know, happy ending or at least a fairy tale wedding. And you know what? The nation and the world sometimes needs that type of news, especially in 2017. Harry and Meghan. Yeah, that would be helpful. Please. <laughs> But it also, because it was a worldwide recession, there was a lot of, especially from people who are like the Republicans in the UK, um, who were like, this is absurd. Like, we're going to have to now finance, you know, this really expensive wedding because due to, you know, the uh, accommodating all the crowds and the amount of security to make this, to pull this event off, it's going to cost a lot of money. And should we really be spending all this money when the government's cutting back on, you know, programs and services? And whatnot. So that was kind of one more negative reaction. Another reaction came from or thought was looking at this was just kind of a, a kind of a fresh start for uh, the British royal family because compared to the Queen's other children besides um, Prince Edward, all of her other children had ended with kind of messy divorces. And that could kind of killed that notion of like royal love and kind of that illusion of you know the fairy tale ending and whatnot especially with how things ended with charles and diana and this was kind of a a really good way to re rehabilitate that kind of that image and start over with okay here's here's my grandson who dated his girlfriend for at least almost a decade yeah eight years i think <laughs> yeah There's yeah eight years official and thing yeah Right. And they seem to actually really like each other. And there wasn't like a ton of meddling in their relationship, it appears. Much. I mean, again, and these are people in their late 20s and not in their late teens who are being right. asked. To, or and not one and not one of each either. Right. You know, it's <laughs> it's two people who are at the same place in their lives and who have you know been with each other through the ups and downs and stuff. Exactly. And this kind of made me kind of reminded me of especially for Harry and Meghan, because Meghan really is going to be a, a, I think, kind of, she's going to breathe new life into the royal family, not just because she's, you know, half black or anything like that. That's also, you know, 
a, a very monumental thing. Uh, but also because she is, she's already kind of an activist in her own right. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, Kate was obviously much younger uh, when she kind of was like, okay, I think this is what my life is going to be, but I'm not quite sure what to do until then. So I'm I'm going to work for my parents. I'm going to try to figure out what what do I do while I wait. <laughs> right. Because I can't really take on a normal job. Exactly. So I can definitely see, yeah, Harry and Meghan really kind of bringing in that next phase of the royal family, which is what we've seen with like Will and Kate and Harry, where they've, they've kind of turned into activists versus... The queen's not much of an activist. You know, she's more like, okay, I'm going to open a hospital. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I love horses, but she's not like, I have opinions and I'm going to raise money and be very vocal about, you know, these kind of really tough topics. Right. Uh, And then I'm just going to talk about two of more of the hilarious reactions from within the royal family. Uh, One was from... Prince Charles. So obviously he was the one who uh, submitted kind of the the press release announcing their engagement. But uh, later that day when um, he was, you know, a reporter just kind of asked him because he was also in an event. He said, he's like, I'm thrilled, obviously. They've been practicing long enough. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then... And then I was extremely excited when I saw, when I was looking that Princess Anne also has a reaction. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. What is it? <laughs> so it was say? a video, which was great. And it was it was perfectly Anne because it was pretty much she was walking out of engagement holding, like, a posy of flowers. And, you know, a reporter yells to her, like, "What? how do you feel about your nephew uh, William's engagement? She's like, very good. And then she gets in the car and, the car, like, <laughs> drives away. <laughs> I love Anne. <laughs> So she's like, that's a dumb question. Yeah. Like, she's like, what do you think she's going to turn around and be like, that is the worst news I've ever heard in my life. What? Yeah. Like, no. Uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> you know, I mean, any hesitancy might be like, you know, she like, again, it was kind of a done deal. Like people knew they were going to get engaged. Yes. William himself said they'd been, it'd been in the works. Just the technicalities of things had to line up. And so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, like if somebody like hadn't, she had to remember, oh, yes, it's public. They are engaged. Okay, yeah, good. I feel good. You know, any good. kind yeah. of like, hesitating, <laughs> it's like, is somebody trying to trick me? Am I going to accidentally, like, blab a secret? Oh, no, it's public? Okay. Great. Very good. Great. It's good. <laughs> Duh. Stop wasting our time. Right. I mean, and besides, I think you posted your reaction. You oh, Facebook yeah. reminded <laughs> you of your memory. Oh, uh, um, yes. Which I laughed really hard at because. Yeah. It, yeah, so like in your Facebook memories, I have a memory from seven years ago of, and it's on our Instagram. I took a screenshot of it. Of it's the Twitter, it's like a link to the Twitter handle or like to to, to the, the Twitter to the tweet that, and I it just says boo from me. Yeah, and then there's it, but like, very long uh, with yeah exclamation it was, it was, points. Yeah, it was exactly how I think. I would have I typed a lot of things when I was 22 years old. I think I was, and maybe 22. still now. But yeah, probably now. <laughs> I mean, I that's think I'd be I... a little bit more elegant. I might have said a little bit more. Also, like back th- then, when you put a link in a thing, it didn't actually tell you what the link was going. Yeah, you to, had to so click just... on it. Right. So I know it was my first my first clickbait. Exactly. Mysterious. <laughs> what is what is Caitlin booing? I, I don't right. know. Better click on this link. Right. From Clarence House. What? Right. I don't remember what my reaction was. I must have been really excited. I didn't have any kind of time hop feature to remind me. I'm sure Mm -hmm. I texted you about it probably that day. 
because we were in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was probably like, yay, wedding. Because mm-hmm. I personally was, I never, I did, I of course thought William was super hot, but I never really aspired to be his bride. I I was fine yeah. just looking at him from afar. I didn't want the yeah. pressures of royalty. You know, that's why it never happened for me. I Exactly. I purposely I eschewed it. You stood aside. I to stood aside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, just we've kind of touched on a little bit so far yeah. what to expect from Meghan and Harry based on kind of our overview. And I had a few points. Um, one, just starting with the engagement. I think we can I think that uh, we can make some assumptions about how Harry and Meghan will get engaged if they haven't gotten engaged already. Um, one is that. I think Harry, like his brother, will choose a place um, to propose that has a lot of meaning. Mm-hmm. I think he'll also let his romantic nature kind of uh, shine in arranging the proposal. Because obviously we know he's su- he's really romantic. He Based on those um, flower arrangement bouquet photos that Megan was posting Indeed. before it became public. So there'll be a lot of flowers wherever it is. It might even happen in Africa. We know that they went there together and maybe something happened. But if that's the case, they've been keeping it secret for a long time. Right. And then we can also think that it would be from the uh, time that it... I mean, that the planning for the engagement itself might have been going on for a lot longer than the between the proposal and the announcement. Like, it's probably Mm -hmm. been in the works now, you know, for quite a while. Right. Even if even if the ring isn't on her finger, metaf- like, or if he hasn't asked, I think it's been, yeah. you know, all the coordination, talking to reporters and other trustworthy sources behind the scenes. Right. Yeah, I even wonder, like, especially if I was in charge of like kind of you know being the logistics person, that I would I would have started already planning it when he issued the press release last year, being yeah. so vocal about you know her mistreatment and everything because it's like that's he never did that for any of his other girlfriends obviously Megan's a much more high profile person so there was a and has very different circumstances and had to deal with you know trolls and all that horrible stuff but I imagine I'd be like okay if yeah if you're interested in doing this okay we're not gonna great when shall I reserve the abbey or yeah you know (laughs) Should I start making save the dates? Should I look for a good right. um, deal on minted or right? <laughs> Should I book you appointment at David's bridal? Right. <laughs> um, I think the the other thing, and there's an article that was in the CTV News, and they talked about kind of their predictions for the timing of the yeah. announcement, and um, they think that it makes most sense now, especially with the anniversary of uh, the queen and Prince Philip right now, and then Christmas approaching. So if it doesn't happen, you know, kind of before the Christmas holidays, it won't happen then because the queen's Christmas broadcast is so important. But um, they say that they would expect an announcement in the new year, um, an engagement announcement in the new year, and then possibly a a summer wedding, an early uh, summer wedding. So June or July. Yeah. And I think that that makes sense. I wish it were now, but I guess the buildup is fun, too. Yeah. 
Because even with um, Will and Kate, they announced on November 16th, but and like literally two weeks later, they're like, they're getting married April 29th. Well, right. We can definitely expect a quick turnaround, like from the announcement to the, of the engagement to the announcement of like when it's going to happen and where it's going to happen. The other thing that I kind of thought is, you know, Harry, so I, I do think that they would do a sit down interview similar to what Will and Kate did. Based on our, um, we saw that documentary about our Diana, our mother, a life and legacy. You can kind of tell the difference between the brothers and how they approach, you know, sharing things. William seems like a, a much more private person. Mm-hmm. Um, like he had said, like, I, you know, they'll say, oh, what did your mom talk about, you know, in the last phone call? And he's he's very tight lipped about that. Um, Harry seems a lot more forthcoming. And so I would imagine that he would do a sit down interview just like William um, because a lot of people were surprised that William even did one to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's Harry has a relationship with an interviewer the same way that William did, but there's a distinct possibility. I believe it would probably be with a British person because I know like Harry just did the Good Morning America interview. Yeah. So maybe he'll break tradition and go with an American who he likes. Maybe he'll have Pippa do it because remember how Pippa was like a correspondent? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't she like good morning america for like a couple weeks or something yeah she know. was um but i i don't know about that but for photographs yeah. i i actually do think that um it's a pretty good predictor i wouldn't i also think that mario testino would be a rational choice for harry's engagement shoot um because he has photographed so many important um british royal family like occasions and he mm-hmm. also was the photographer for Harry's 18th birthday portraits. So he and Harry know each other. Um, and I think that, you know, if you've got to pick somebody to do the shots, obviously he did a great job with Will and Kate. And so I would think that, you know, they would trust him with Harry and Megan as well. So, yeah, I was going to say, and then I was thinking, okay, well, what will Megan wear? You know, if uh, Issa was Kate's go-to designer. I was like, well, I don't know that Everlane makes anything appropriate for an engagement yeah. shoot. So <laughs> I don't know what Megan will wear. Gosh, I don't know. I like, I can't imagine. I like, for example, like Kate wore blue, which obviously complimented her ring. And also was what Diana wore at their kind of their photo call was also blue. I should have mentioned that earlier. So I'm just like, I don't know. Cause I feel like if she did blue too, it's like, is it too copycat or is it, is it able to stand with like, oh, she's wearing blue because her future mother-in-law did. But I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll depend on what the ring looks like, too. True, true. Which, that's its whole other can of worms. Oh, I can't wait. I know. I can't either. I have no idea. Ugh. Yeah, I had one more thing, especially about the interview. Like, do you think they'll bring up her divorce at all? I, I do, especially if they kind of take the same tact. Because like I said yeah. with Kate, they didn't. They didn't gloss over it. They kind of alluded to Weighty Katie. They um, talked about like the public bashing of her, you know, work and her family as being, you know, Mm -hmm. social climbers. But they did it in a really tactful way. And so I would imagine that, again, this is kind of a rare opportunity for them where they they can really control the narrative, especially if they have a journalist they trust. And so I would imagine that they would, you know, address that kind of in passing i don't think they would dwell on it right right 
But yeah, exactly. Because I mean, like she's she's been pretty candid in her interviews. I mean, like holy hell, on the cover of Vanity Fair, it's like she's wild about Harry. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, but she there. It's you know they are not your typical couple, and I can imagine that they have think yeah even like the harassment that she's received i could see them talking about that i i think so um and i also think that it it's another aspect of it is that megan has had media training and has been in front of a camera before so you could tell um kate at certain times in the interview she's not quite sure of what she's saying or that she's articulating things correctly and she's getting a little bit nervous about it. And William will kind of jump in to answer the question or to complete her thought or to kind of reframe it. And you can tell she's extremely grateful that he's doing that. But Megan can, uh, she is a lot more comfortable in that arena, which, you know, makes a lot more sense that she would be willing to kind of face those questions more head on. I'm excited though. I want all of it to happen now. I know. Let's hope that they give us, you know, just an early holiday present. Just, right. Just just do it, guys. Okay. <laughs> or announce, announce it on like New Year's Day oh, while so I'm lovely. home from work so I can spend all my, like I'm off work. I don't have to be thinking about work and I can just spend all my time um, reading the news and watching press conferences and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, we well, will. Um, if you we will have, to have see, any feedback we for us, we really know. You co- can but email us at americondreams like at gmail.com. Oh, sorry. Were you talking? I think, uh, especially even with Will and Kate, I think we're going to, there's going to be something, something's going to slip and something's going to be really obvious that it's coming. Because uh, I think a lot of the royal reporters, especially based on what they know about Will and Kate's engagement and whatnot, like, they're going to sniff something out and they're going to be like, it's totally happening, guys. Like, they're just like, I feel like even today, it's just even more difficult to keep these kind of secrets. And w- somebody's going to somebody's going to squeal. I want to know. Maybe I should go on, like, the Windsor Castle website to see if I can buy, like, tour tickets. You know, I can pre-book tickets. Because, yeah. like, if we think they're going to get married at St. George's then we'll have to look into it for sure well i think that's it for this and i'll talk about how to contact us so if you have any feedback for us or any i don't know clues to the impending nuptials between the ginger prince and his lady you can email us we are um americrowndreams at gmail.com we are also available on facebook and instagram at Americrown Dreams, and we are on Twitter at Americrown Dream. And it would also be great if you would subscribe to our podcast and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. We would love that. And oh, I would like to just say that no one has sent us their address for asking for stovetop stuffing. Yeah. And uh, it's sad. 99 cents at Target. Yeah. Uh, my mother in law texted me and was like, What flavor? do I need to buy for you? And I was like, traditional sage. And she was like, <laughs> they don't appear to have that. Um, how can I get chicken? I was like, I'm sure chicken is fine. That's fine. And then she's like, wait, I found an end cap of it. And so then I was at Target later that day and I was like, oh, I found this end cap. And so I bought a couple boxes for myself. And then my husband's like, my mom got two boxes. I was like, I know this is for me. You're this, right. is for, this is for <laughs> post Thanksgiving. Are you kidding? 
It's on sale. It's 99 cents a box. That's like two meals. For sure. Yeah. So Offer Still Stands listeners, if you would like us to send you a box of stovetop stuffing, we might even, we'll even put something else good in there. Like I will buy you something else. A surprise. Yeah. Uh, a royal theme surprise. Just send us your address. We promise not to publish it because we're not creepers. No, we're not. And we just want to treat you guys for being so nice and listening to our podcast. Woot. Well, thanks for everyone for listening. And um, if you're American, enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday, or we hope you did enjoy. I don't know when exactly this will go up, but yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.